0: morning. Welcome to Ainsley News. It's the first day into the month of October, Thursday the 1st. Today we're talking the monstrous numbers, pretend the global unwinding. If you're paying attention to any of the news coming out from the US and the UK yesterday, you probably would have seen those pretty big negative prints for GDP. So today we're talking about the mon- these monstrous numbers. Earlier this week, We shared Crescat's research into why structural changes in debt markets and intervention meant the reckoning is upon us. Today, we feel compelled to share some quantification behind this phenomenon. Doug Nolan has been mapping his credit supercycle in his weekly credit bubble bulletin. Whilst not exactly an easy read, any investor needs to take the time to digest his latest piece of which we provide key excerpts below. To set the scene, this is his conclusion. The unfolding global de-risking or deleveraging episode only heightens US market fragility. With US elections now about 40 days away, the backdrop is set for extreme instability. The The degree of speculative excess experienced over recent months would typically ensure vulnerability to a disorderly downside reversal and market dislocation. These times are, of course, anything but typical. It's an incredibly worrying backdrop, to say the least. The Q2 report represented by far the most troubling data I've encountered in my 20 years of chronicling quarterly said one data. These are the words of a level-headed, level-headed data-driven analyst. Take the time to comprehend the unprecedented numbers that we talk about next. The talking heads and miracle vaccine hopefuls think this can all end nicely. But this is beyond a virus. This is structural and appears incredibly bullish for gold and silver, and most likely Bitcoin too. The numbers are just monstrous. The Fed's own data illuminate the historic monetary disorder that today runs wild. The Federal Reserve's balance sheet, treasuries, debt and equity securities, the banking system, the household balance sheet, rest of world holdings. In short, finance has completely run amok, with the data corroborating, corroborating the supercycle endgame thesis. Total non-financial debt, or NFD, increased to 3552 Trillion dollars during Q2, more than doubling Q1's record, of 1.449 tn or trillion gain. This pushed first half NFD growth to an incredible 4.71 trillion. For perspective, NFD expanded to 2.439 trillion in 2019, and averaged 1.826 trillion annually over the last decade. Q2 growth actually surpassed 2004's annual growth record of $2.912 NFD expansion. At 59.304 trillion, non-financial debt surged to a record 304% of GDP. NFD to GDP ended in 1999 at 184%, 2007 at 227% and 2019 at 250%. This is off the charts, as they say. Unprecedented deficit spending saw Treasury securities jump 2.852 trillion during the quarter to a record 22.371 trillion. Treasuries were up 3.352 trillion for the first half. Over the past year, Treasuries jumped 4.55 trillion, or 25.6%. This dwarfs the previous annual record, that's 2010's 1.65 trillion. After ending 2007 at 6.051 trillion, Outstanding Treasury securities ballooned $16.32 trillion, or 270%. Treasuries ended Q2 at 115% of GDP. This is up from 44% to end the 90s, 41% to conclude 2007, and 69% to close out 2010. Agency securities, which are bonds issued by government-sponsored enterprises, such as Federal Home Loan Bank, declined $25 billion during Q2, to 9.746 trillion. Agency securities were up 481 billion over the past year and 786 billion for two years. Having increased an incredible 5.037 trillion over the past four quarters, combined treasuries and GSE securities ended Q2 at $32.117 trillion or 165% of GDP. Total debt securities or corporate bonds and the like jumped trillion during Q2 to a record 51.69 trillion. Over the past year, debt securities jumped 5.959 trillion, more than double 2007's record of 2.669 trillion increase. As a percentage of GDP, debt securities surged 265%. For comparison, debt securities ended 2007 at 200% of GDP, the 90s at 150%. Sorry, one hundred and fifty-seven percent. The eighties at one hundred and twenty-six percent, and the seventies at seventy-four percent. Total equities surged nine point one two one trillion during the quarter to fifty one point nine five six trillion dollars, with a one-year increase of eight hundred and eighty-four billion. That's one point seven percent. Equities, as a percentage of GDP, rose to a record two hundred and sixty-seven percent. This compares to cycle peaks, one hundred and eighty-one percent at the end of Q three two thousand and seven. And two hundred and two percent to conclude Q one of two thousand. Total debt and equity securities increased to an unprecedented two point four eight five trillion during Q two, to a record one hundred and three point six four trillion dollars. This growth more than doubled Q one's two thousand and nineteen record to a five point nine seven trillion gain. For comparison, Q four in two thousand and nine, three point four four nine trillion gain was the larger largest quarterly increase prior to twenty nineteen. Total Securities ended Q2 at a record 532% of GDP compared to cycle peaks 379% during Q3 2007 and 359% to end Q1 in 2000. Total Securities ended the 80s at 194% and the 70s at 117. Just to cap on that again, we're at 532% of GDP for that one. The household balance sheet as we discussed last week always offers fruitful bubble analysis, unprecedented growth in the Fed's balance sheet, debt and securities translated into record household perceived wealth. Household assets jumped $7.637 trillion during Q2 to a record $135.435 trillion. With liabilities only increasing about $29 million, household net worth inflated a quarterly record $7.607 trillion to an all-time high of $118.955 trillion. Net worth was up five trillion over the past year. Network ended the quarter at a record six hundred and ten percent of GDP. This compared to a previous cycle peaks of four hundred ninety two percent, Q one in two thousand and seven, and four hundred forty six percent in Q one in two thousand. Federal Reserve assets jumped one point one eight five trillion or nineteen point two percent during the quarter to a record seven point three six four trillion. This pushed first half growth to two point nine eight five trillion or 68.2%. This compares to to the 729 billion increase during Q4 2008 and 2008's 1.32 trillion second half expansion. The Fed's balance sheet ballooned 3.35 trillion over the past year or 83.7%. Fed assets ended 2008 at 2.271 trillion, having ballooned from year-end 2007's 981 billion. Fed assets ended 1991 at 697 billion. After a hundred and seven billion Q4 gain, the eighties at three hundred and fifteen billion, the seventies at one hundred and sixty-seven billion, and the sixties at eighty-one billion. Fed assets averaged six point four percent of GDP during the three decade period of the seventies through the nineties. This ratio jumped to fifteen percent in two thousand and eight, and rose as high as twenty-eight percent during Q1 in two thousand and fifteen, and ended Q2 at thirty-eight percent. Unprecedented stimulus and market intervention from the Federal Reserve and global central bank community unleashed epic market speculation in the face of rapidly deteriorating fundamental prospects. There are indications this speculative cycle has commenced the process of succumbing to reality. Risk off is gathering momentum across global markets. While Friday's rally cut US equities declines for the week, painful losses were suffered elsewhere. Major equity indices were down 5% in France, 4.9% in Germany, 4.4% in Spain, and 4.2% in Italy. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index sank 5%, with China's CSE 300 Index down 3.5%. Real estate jitters rekindled China's housing bubble anxiety. Emerging markets were under significant pressure. South Korea's Kospi Index sank 5.5%, with India's Sensex down 3.8%. Taiwan's TWSE index fell 5%. In EM currencies, the Mexican Peso lost 5.4%, the South African Rand 4.7%, the Colombian Peso 3.9%, the Polish Salty 3.6%, the Russian Ruble 3.2%, the Brazilian Real 3.1%, the Chilean Peso 3%, and the Hungarian forint 2.6%. Ten-year dollar yields surged 25 BPS in Brazil. 25 BPS in Ukraine, 12 BPS in Indonesia and 8 BPS in Philippines. Global risk off squeezed the US dollar bears as the dollar index rallied 1.8% to two-month high. The dollar rally hit commodities markets with gold dropping 4.6%, silver 14.9%, copper 4.7% and platinum 8.8%. The industrial metals were all under pressure. Global bank stocks were under heavy selling pressure. European banks were hit 7.8% closing Friday near March lows. Hong Kong's China H Financials Index fell 5.8% to lows since March. US banks sank 6.8% trading near four-month lows. Bank debt credit swap or CDS's prices jumped to near three-month highs. Risk off is making some headway in US credit at 4.86 billion high-yield bonds suffered their greatest or largest outflows since March. High-yield CDS prices jumped about 50 BPS this week to a one-month high of 400 BPS. A natural gas company proposed its junk bond sale. Investment-grade CDS rose a notable 13 BPS this week to a four-month high of 74.74 BPS. For newer subscribers to our news, you may have missed Ray Dalio, one of the world's largest head fund outline why we now be in one of the final throws of this epic long-term debt cycle. Figures like those we've just talked about reinforce that we're in the death throes thesis. Take a second to digest the numbers we've just talked about and listen to your gut. Dalio famously said, if you don't own gold, you neither know history nor economics. They're massive figures that we've released today and again seeing those negative prints in GDP last night. Make news particularly interesting at the moment. Well, thanks for listening again. You can always go to ainsleybullion.com.au for all things gold and silver, ainsleywealth.com.au for all things cryptocurrency, buy, sell and exchange, or gold silverstandard.com to check out our gold and silver backed cryptocurrency. We'll catch you tomorrow.